Hey, it's Nathan Crabtree with Nathan's Freedom Zone. I have another guest at Free Your Mind. This is guest number two. Tell us your name. My name is Matrick, a.k.a. well, Matthew Patrick Holbert, a.k.a. Matrick. Awesome. Matrick is a repeat guest at Free Your Mind. I've seen him three times every time I've been here. So what's, what's new, Matrick? Well, uh, in terms of what's new, I, I'm uh, presenting my book again this year. Uh, this is uh, Philosophia Solutions. And uh, that book is consisting of solutions to alternatives to the current, you know, model or the current societal system that we have between education and economy and ethics broken down into culture and polity. So this is a solution. These are providing solutions to education in terms of a totally alternative paradigm to what we do. If we were to take education seriously, what would it look like? And I'm posting, positing my theory as to what this would look like. And um, then also the first part of the book is also the metaphysics of the world that we live in, uh, which is that basically broken down, it's that you know the deepest part of me is the deepest part of you, and that's God. And that from there, what we can sort of determine or what we can come up with coming from that that page you know once we get on the same page what we can agree to as far as solutions that will make sense based on the fact that we're all one in this you know reality um through consciousness you know excellent yeah it sounds like you got the big picture down and on yeah. some of that deep psychological uh work that almost comes up when people are on psychedelics kind of thing where we're all one so you know you can say it but do you really understand it is the proof yeah. is in a you know, what you're doing in the world. Yeah, I, I, I truly believe that. I think, honestly, when you start to see yourself in other people, not just, like, as an idea in terms of what they do and how they say stuff, but actually, like, almost physically, at a physical level, too, to see that your face is this sort of, you know, it's a face of faces. One individual's person's face can have attributes that are like another person's, maybe. You know what I mean? We, we, to, to see, for instance, like, I see fractals everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, it's an inescapable thing. Yeah. When you start to realize that you are the self of selves incarnated in this one individual self, you can actually start to perceive yourself in other people. And that's, that's I think, an important stage in this, is when you actually start to see yourself. Not only just in other people, but in, in, in trees. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? In nature. You start to see the spirit of the, the all in that's everything. Right. Yeah, we're all made out of the same stuff. Uh, DNA, it's almost like God came or something, like sperm it, spermed everywhere, and that's <laughs> what all of life is, and it's not, not a big deal or anything. Right. One thing that Matrick is really good at that sort of qualifies him to write a book about education in the new future is he understands the trivium and the quadrivium method, and he's also added on top of those two methods the pentivium. So I'll just throw my take in on what the trivium and quadrivium means. The trivium is a grammar logic rhetoric, which is a, a way of getting to the truth. And grammar step is input where you take in a wide variety of eclectic information. Uh, whatever information you can find, you just absorb it. And then process it and filter out the inconsistencies. That's the second step, logic. And that's where you are starting to realize what is true and what is not true. And another important step after those two is to share that information with other people. And they will give you feedback and provide you with new input information. So it's a continual process that never stops. And that's sort of the foundation of the truth. 
Yeah, and critical thinking skills and the ability to not only uh, filter out uh, incorrect or false information, but then also to discern truth right. as well. So that's a very important uh, education model that has largely been ignored or thrown out of the education system due to it being a classical model and the attempt to sort of replace that with more modern methods Usually, the reasoning behind it is socialization because our education system is mostly about sort of psychologically preparing children for society rather than actually educating them. Uh, the, the goal isn't really to teach them how to think, it's really to teach them what to think. And uh, when they say how, when they teach, when they say they're teaching children how to think, they really mean socialization. Right. That's really what they mean. And it's unhealthy socialization because the entire model is based on hierarchy and authority, and they categorize students based on arbitrary grading scales, which means that the, the A students are told by the system that they're better than everyone else, and it sort of creates this peer pressure hierarchy where the basketball players think they're better than everybody, and then you have the outcasts who are just basically being abused by the whole system for their whole life, and that causes massive psychological trauma in a person. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but the education system also categorizes children uh, based on their grades and their behavior. Uh, which then influences their future. So teachers have the potential and the ability to ruin a child's future with their perspective on how that child is. And, and they don't also, they, they're not going to be taking into account, more often than not, they're not going to be taking into account the context, the demographic, or any of the, any of the real life behind the scenes things that are driving that child's behavior into account. The child probably is very uh, intelligent. The problem is, is that his home life is bad something. Or, or something and, to know, that effect. Their teachings you know? are just, they don't stick because they're boring stuff. They don't teach you things that are just basics of life, like how to grow food, right. which is like the most basic thing. And they don't tell you how to build a house. Right. They don't. All of the things that you're saying are things that I'm advocating in my book as far as an alternative education paradigm where you could have parents teaching the children of a large amount of the information that they'd be receiving but if you if let, let's say if our our society were to decide that education should be private and it, if anything it should be done by the parents how would we go about doing that if we have a system where our economy is so you know driven by people going to work and and basically abandoning abandoning their children to be left to be raised by the state uh, so th the thing is, you can't change the education system without changing the economy. Yeah. Those things are intertwined, and, and so is politics. You know, the, the polity, if you have a political system that is corrupt, you're not going to be able to change the education system. You're not going to be able to change the economy to be able to actually evolve. Yeah, this is why it sounds extreme when you hear anarchists say that the whole system really just needs to be scratched. But it really is true. Like, they have got people enslaved at every angle, and you can't just take a piece out. Like, poor people who don't have good jobs can't homeschool their kids because, you know, they're not at home. And if they, if they quit their jobs, they'll be threatened with uh, eviction and all this other type of shit. It's good that you can connect these dots. A lot of people can't even see the violence right. that is behind everything in the system. Right. And so the, the only way that we can really alter the system is to address all three of those points simultaneously. You can't change the economy without also changing the ec education and the polity. You can't change the polity without also changing the education and the economy. You, you, they're all very much integrated, and if you were to try to address one without the other, you'll fail. 
Right, and it comes down to the individual. Like, don't wait for us to do it, and don't wait. Surely, don't wait for politicians to do it because they—they're. If you haven't figured this out, they are doing the exact opposite of what is going to make you happy. Okay, just, so so how to do that? How are we going to take responsibility and and start to grow ourselves rather than just sort of apathetically allowing all of this stuff to take place? And my what I would suggest my what my theory or my belief is like what I've done for me what has worked is the pentivium, and the pentivium is the the extension of the trivium and quadrivium to self knowledge. The the trivium and quadrivium are based on knowledge of the world around us and how we can learn about the world, but the pentivium is self knowledge and the discovery of the universe within. And so, uh, given that, uh, I'll describe the pentivium in its five stages. The first stage is a stage of purification, wherein you're sort of purifying yourself from our culture. Uh, this could be anything from practicing meditation or taking psychedelic uh, chemicals that will induce a state of altered consciousness. But basically, the you know the whatever you, whatever is best for you, basically. But this is a stage where you are sort of separating yourself from the culture so that you can get a more objective view of it. Proper diet right. definitely plays into that too and de detoxing from all the chemicals. Absolutely. That, and, chemical and that's, and that's all, exactly. That's all, not, not just a, 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 a psychological purification, but a, a physical purification as well. That's integral also, you know, exactly. Uh, so that, that, that's the first stage of the pentivium is to become aware of the toxicity of our culture and to try to purify yourself from it. Okay, and, and so that's, our role is to teach people of the toxicity so that they can be aware of it and then from there, uh, people practicing this can can purify themselves. Then the second stage is to consolidate knowledge, and I'm specifically talking about the more deep spiritual occult kind of knowledge that we learn about here, which is that you know, like I was saying, the 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 deepest part of me is the deepest part of you. Discovering that deepest part, mm -hmm. and 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 discovering how we can you know use that deepest part to connect to others and and really sort of bring about a change in others that you know is a positive thing uh, and then so that the second the that's the second stage to ac uh, accumulate knowledge and then the third one is to practice that knowledge which is what i was just saying teaching other people that knowledge or practicing yoga or practicing tai chi or practicing whatever things that you've been learning about in the in this sort of you know spiritual process it's important to master a few different things absolutely right? and, and 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 then the third stage is mastery of those things it's a balance of purification and the consolidation of knowledge and the application of it. The, those, three, those three things need to come into a balance of, you know, you're purifying, because it's not something you just purify yourself and then that's over. These stages are, are sort of layers in an onion. They're, right. they're all sort of, you're always kind of going through these things. So then, then once you've gotten to a state of, of balance in this, then you can start to actually create your own, you know, cause. You can start to think about how you can affect the world. And so then you're now starting to play life. You are becoming, you're becoming a player instead of somebody that's being played. So instead of being a non-playable character, let's say, in a video game, like an NPC, you know, you're starting to become the original character right. that is actually playing a role because your consciousness is becoming the identity instead of relying on the person for your sense of identity. Right. Yeah, that's called, Mark Pascal calls that getting on the plane of effects, or the plane of causes, yeah. getting off of the plane of effects where life is just really destroying you and instead 
you sort of relax, you get into that zen flow state where things, you don't even have to expend that right. much effort because everything's just fallen in place. And then you start outputting the genius gifts that you uh, have been given to heal the world. And that's exactly, that is exactly it. The only way I believe to get to that point is to go through those three other stages. You have to purify yourself. You have to, and that's what worked for me. That's why I'm saying that you know, this, these things is that it has worked for me. My product of what I've, you know, my, my evidence for this is that I've written a book. You know, and, and that's that's, awesome. that's a piece of what I've been able to do. And it's not just that's I can't rest on my laurels. That's not just one thing that I've done. I've also ran for office. I ran for commissioner locally where yeah. I was. Not trying to legitimize the system or you know, <laughs> but mainly just to communicate my ideas to people. And because I that's had one the, way I, to get it out exactly. I, I had a forum. I had a medium to be able to communicate things to people, and that's why I did it. I think that honestly is a powerful thing that people can do locally, local elections and everything, to communicate ideas like this. Awesome. So uh, what's the fifth stage of the Pentivium? The fifth stage is play. Play. There's oh, cool. Purification, accu uh, 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 accumulation of knowledge, the application of it, the mastery of it, the balance of it, and then play. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because life isn't all about work. It's a cy rhythmic cycle where you work really hard on what you're interested in, and then you just can't do it anymore, and it's okay to give yourself a break. And a lot of meditation comes into this as well. You just need a t some time to unwind, and then when you're ready, and you'll know when it's time again, you'll just spring back out and be creative, and yeah. you'll have – and, and the thing about this is at first it will seem like work. At first, it may seem like work. And if you get stuck at the first stage of purification, where maybe you're just interested in sort of, you, it's easy to sort of become hedonistic and just want to do a lot of drugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so a lot of people may become stuck in one, or, in one of these stages or in some of these stages. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. important to always sort of be growing, always be growing. And it's not, to think of it as work is the wrong, is the wrong way to think. It's play. And once you, that, I believe honestly, and this is how it, how it happened for me, once I got to that point where I was mastering these things and I felt like that, it became play. It That's became right. play for me. It was no longer a struggle or like a, a thing that like I felt like it was a job or a duty. It was play. It was something that I felt like I got something out of it and joy out of just doing this, this work. So I can tell you're making a lot of progress just seeing you the last two years because you, you seem to be outputting a lot more and you uh, actually seem more emotionally better off and mm -hmm. just uh, everything seems to be going well for you is what it, you know, I think you're really taking your power to do the great work and same for me, like we're all sort of doing it together and I think yeah. the more the individual starts to get in line with natural law and starts to do the great work, the way the world, the universe works is a hologram, and so it's almost like the entire universe responds to that, and you start noticing everyone around you taking charge the same way you are. Well, this is what's happening, I, I believe, is that basically what's happening is, is there's becoming, there's starting to be an evolution of human, uh, human consciousness, which is similar to the eukaryotic cells in the evolution when they were single cell organisms and then they grouped together to become a multicellular organism and that cre that was a that was an evolutionary that's uh, a big one a quantum leap you know there's right. a quantum leap that happened that's what we needed the quantum shift has got to happen the quantum shift and and i believe honestly that the quantum shift will happen once people truly start to be practicing this kind of a, a practice a spiritual but also you know self development sort of practice and then working together that's right. And, and that is the, 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 what I call the hexivium. It's the, it's the thing beyond oh. the pentivium, <laughs> oh. which is when people start to be enlightened and grouped together and create movements uh, of their own to, to, for, you know, uh, the civil rights movement kind of thing. Synergistically, you know I mean? yeah. That's, and that's, that that's is a multiplier. The, 
exactly. So the hexivium is the is sort of the the grouping together of minds, the mastermind that's necessary for this you know and transformation. And the cool thing about that is that once you group together with a local group and you start working together, that local group can group together with other groups around the world. You start educating people, and then they start grouping up. Yeah. You know, and, and, and having these kinds of uh, conferences is important because this is the introductory stage to that group consciousness. Right. To that next stage of human evolution. Yeah, I got on to Free Your Mind Conference first, and then I moved from Arkansas to Missouri, and then I found the Native American community in Missouri that is heading really fast towards freedom. Like, they're sort of separating out from the cities, and we're going to be working on a cryptocurrency, and... Uh, they do they do ceremonies with the psychedelics like they are doing really awesome stuff and that gives me hope because that's right in my backyard and then once a year I can go over here and check check out how things are here and get involved in a totally different set of people and tribe and learn all these new ideas and then bring them back to where I came yeah. from because a, a lot of them haven't heard you know Mark of Mark Passio yeah. and uh, some of them are not all the way at the highest levels when it comes to sovereignty and the illusion of authority and. You need, we need to all work on the people within our own groups and try to get them as high level as we can get them right. together and don't be afraid to listen to what other people are telling you. And yeah. the more I, mean, I can give you a personal story where I actually changed my, my mother. My mother was uh, – she, she used to drink diet caffeine-free Pepsi, which yeah. is like brown, dirty, like stinky water. Like it's right. not even – you know, it doesn't even have sweetness to it or anything. It's kind of gross. Right. And it had aspartame in it. And I told her like, mom, you have to stop drinking this because if you don't – she had all kinds of problems too. She was having like vision problems and all kinds of shit. And I'm like, mom, it's the aspartame. You need to stop. And I threw away the box of Pepsi. I threw it away. And eventually she, she got it in her head and she ended up looking it up. And then she realized, oh my god. You know, I, you're, he's right. He's right. Every, you know, and this is the first thing that really sort of stru struck a chord with her Good. to realize that, like, I'm not crazy. Yeah. And what I'm saying is true. You know? Yeah, that's a big one because the system kept telling people over and over again that aspartame is safe, even though the science was proving it wasn't safe. <laughs> they just the government said, no, no, it's safe. Our, our, uh, and now Pepsi, it's even on the I saw this. I actually was working at a place where they sell Pepsi and everything. And I was like, it says no aspartame. It's oh, really? aspartame free now. They so, actually have it labeled on it that says aspartame free. Yeah. So it's like they, they, they had they were forced, I guess, to they just to quietly it. put that on there. They didn't <laughs> they didn't publicly apologize for no, those. No, yeah. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. So that was you know, that was like really interesting to me. I had to I, I saw that and I was like, Hey look, aspartame free and this this kid that I was working with, he's like, What's aspartame? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you're a little, little behind there. <laughs> right, right. Next thing you know, he'll, he might know about fluoride after that. Oh, hey, mom. God forbid. God forbid people should know about fluoride. So, but yeah, that, that uh, I think honestly, if, if we're really going to have a, a, a change, a shift, we have to start talking to people. Yeah. We have to start talking to the average person and making this something that is a conversation to be had. Otherwise, you know, we're just having our own sort of like, you know, Right. Yeah, I think it's thing. working because sometimes on Facebook it seems like the sheeple are so quick to just put you down and insult you because they want you to shut up because it almost seems like more and more people are telling them this and that they, they are starting to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. And then that's right before the shift in their consciousness has happens where they finally accept that, yeah, I've been lied to my whole life. Right. At first when it's just one person saying it, they, can eat, they, don't, they don't take you seriously. And then they start to realize they need to ridicule you and to try to right. shut you up. And at that point, you, just, you know, we're pushing through that. And 
big part of this is also uh, restoring faith and trust in your other human beings and not putting them in boxes and labeling them and saying that they're never going to get it and they're you know they're all just sheeple and they're too stupid they've had too much fluoride and it's so it's right. hopeless for all of them that that is a surefire way to creating another oligarchy yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if, if all we do is just say, oh, well, we're going to take power and we're going to end up and the ignorant masses just screw them and we'll just, you know, change the system regardless it of what they It does sound think. pretty elitist. And yeah. the universe listens to the words that you say. And if you're saying them to other people, then they hear it. So that's like the universe hearing it twice. So if you're constantly asking, telling the universe that the people just aren't getting it and there's not enough people speaking out, then the universe is like, okay, well, maybe I'll just give you that reality. And, and just to see if right. you're wrong. So we just eventually have to be start thinking more positive and be like, yeah, people are waking up and they do care about themselves and they don't want to be poisoned their whole life. You know, It just yeah. is kind of a process to realize it's, all of this. It's not that people want to have themselves be put through this. It's that they're nascent or nescient and ignorant of the fact. You know, most people, if they're not, if they're not just completely unaware, they are willfully ignorant. Yeah, it's the Stockholm so, Syndrome right. because they've been abused their whole life. And to finally accept that you are abused and start to heal yourself, you know, that's kind of a big step. The problem is anytime you present a person, an average person, with the possibility that they're going to have to take personal responsibility, not even just for them, you know, for themselves, but for the world at large that has taken, that has come up around them, uh, that's, that's threatening. It's not even just, you know, that's threatening to their ego, to their own sense of self, because that, that will forcibly change their life. Big lifestyle know? change. Like just so. growing food takes so much time. When you're used to eating McDonald's and you, what, now I have to learn how to garden? And that takes a few years to get the rhythm down. And I've, I don't think, I'm not even at a high enough level to where I could feed just myself with just right. garden homegrown food. So, but part of it is getting off of system dependency. But it's a, it's a process, and the, m the more people who participate, the easier it is for everybody. Exactly. I think, honestly, if you were let, – let's say if a, a whole neighborhood got onto this, they could all help each other to do this. It would be like the Amish, you know? Yeah. And at, we do have to stand up to the powers that shouldn't be, like the police and uh, military and National Guard. They are going to have to stand down at some point. And it's like, don't be afraid of them because a lot of them haven't faced their in internal demons. And they care about themselves, too. And it's not like they hate everybody. It's just you, we don't have to be threat, a threat to them. We just explain to them that you, your authority does not um, – it's not valid. I mean, we're not going to listen to it. And if you have to kill us, then just kill us right now. That's sort of where courage comes in. But the more, as the humanity wakes up, more and more pockets of people around the world are going to do this at the same time. And it, the resources that the dark side has are very limited. And they know that they're losing the, the mental battle. And so it's, I really am not afraid of them anymore at all. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the... The entire thing about, you know, the police and the, the government and everything, as far as their authority, uh, you know, the, the reason, the only reason that there's an illusion of authority is because people have willfully given up their own individual sovereignty, which is not, the, the irony of it is, is that that's not possible. <laughs> that that's not possible. But, but right. there's this, there's this sort of trick that's been played on people that, yes, it has, that that's what's happened, that the, your sovereignty has been 
redirected into some representative and somehow. your personal responsibility as well right. <laughs> sovereignty yeah i mean sovereignty comes with personal responsibility yeah, one of the ultimate truths is that you are ultimately responsible for yourself ultimately and people share in that responsibility but nobody can just take that responsibility and claim that they're responsible for you now that's called being a child right and that's not well that's uh, what we have become we're wards of the state we're wards of the state. The yeah, state has basically taken us on each every each and every one of us as wards, especially when you go to court. Oh yeah, I mean, court geez. is a bad place to go. Uh, I would recommend people avoid it because the rules are stacked. I saw this Clive Bundy. People are in court trying to fight it now, and it's like you should you just shouldn't have got yourself in there. I mean, I like what they did because they got a bunch of attention and word out that you know uh, militia can actually stand up for themselves and the BLM and federal people will stand down when they see people standing up but letting them take you to court and expecting that to work out well is just naive I think yeah <laughs> I mean honestly the just the whole the whole idea that we we are in this contractual agreement that none of us signed right that you know the honestly the the whole the whole idea that we have this that the legitimacy of the constitution is based on uh, really, a lot of propaganda that we've been fed from an early age, and a lot of uh, really sort of uh, laziness in terms of our own. And not only that, but none of us have really been told or taught about the actual the actual Constitution and about the history of this country. So it's a, it's a hard thing to be able to uh, really recognize or be able to communicate to somebody who's so marred in this system to be able to mm -hmm. say, "Well, no, but look, you didn't sign the contract." A and B, you can't give up something that is in inherently a part of your being. Yeah, that's deep thinking right there. Like, there's other ones too. Like the taxation uh, is in the Constitution, and that is absolutely not right. So, and then there's representation—the idea that somebody else can represent you, and that even represent people that didn't sign it and don't agree to it—the idea that somehow still the politician can rep represent a person. See, they've never met. It's, and, and it's just about something, fallacious. Something that I've been mulling over recently. It's it's uh, it has and it has to do with a recent revelation that they that uh, I saw recently that the first pope had been unearthed or you know got was reinvestigated what have you. It was uh, that the in his tomb they found writings about Mithras and uh, I think Dionysus and some others that mimicked his story, Horus and others. And this is the astrotheological, you know, myth. And so basically, it's evidence, it's proof positive evidence that they fabricated the story of Christ in order to prop up the papacy as the new pharaoh, essentially, the new, the new Caesar. Yeah, they're, they're a bunch of tricksters. You know, I, don't, so, I don't believe any of them. Think about this, think about this. The New Testament... You know what I mean? Like they came up with this thing, and first of all, it's a it's a person god, right? It's yeah, a man that, god that's one of the again. Biggest things. Okay, biggest that's very problems. paganistic. Okay, and then second of all, because this is the thing, the Jews had a god that was un. Uh, first of all, no idols. It said to them, "Do not create an idol of me." It was an omnipresent, omnipotent being. So it was this impersonal thing mm -hmm. that was an essence, a quintessence, not a thing that a person you could say he saved us. 
but uh, but uh, but an omn- omnipotence, which is the n- true nature of of God. If you th- yeah. you know, if you were, and the eternal truths don't change, so that kind of throws out the New Testament as if somehow they changed all the rules and God's laws changed from the Old Testament. It's yeah, what Christians try to tell you a lot of times is like, well, those Old Testament laws about how you need to stone people that changed with Jesus, but. Yeah, well, yeah. I <laughs> how mean, does the law change? And, and, the how the other thing about the Bible is is that it's been retranslated four hundred and sometimes and canonized, and so it's it's just a very filtered, very uh, you know controlled version of whatever you're supposed to be reading. And not only that, but it's a it, it's undeniably a tool of control mm-hmm. by a, a, a small lead of people. Well, this is important for why it's important to do the trivium method and not just stick with the Bible because you see a lot of those Bible thumpers telling people that the Bible is the best book of all time and it's the only book worth reading and if you have another religious book, well, we should just burn that. Like I, I hear people all saying this because I'm, I'm from the Midwest. There's still a lot of them. You still hear them talking about homosexuality and being wrong, which sort of implies that we should forcibly stop homosexuals, and if they don't comply, then we should murder them. That's well, sort of in, what it means. And I think, <laughs> was it Syria or somewhere in the Middle East, they literally do that. Right. So, I mean, the theocracy is what is the desired outcome of the whole, you know, thing, is that there, there, was, a, there was a desire to create a Christian state or a Muslim state. And, and that's a very threatening thing because it's a, that is a regression, a super big, huge regression that nobody wants to actually see in this world. You know, Another one of these politi- political mythologies is the idea that you can actually separate religion from government. Mm. It's just total nonsense because, first of all, government is a religion because it's not based in truth. And then second of all, every member that is in government is going to have their own beliefs. And if to expect that not to affect the things that they're going to do in government... It's just like foolishness. Like some, you know, George Bush probably had some sort of religious ideas. I don't. I'm not saying that's why he did right, <laughs> what he right. did, but the idea that he's not going to act on that is just well, the, nonsense. That's, see, that's the fundamental problem of our whole system: is that you will get people inevitably who have wacky fucking beliefs, right, man, yeah. in those extremely important offices that have powerful, powerful. Uh, resources another aspect is anybody who has the true knowledge and truth is not going to be in those positions of power because they realize that it, the whole thing just is needs to be abandoned by humanity so by default you're always going to be getting these at least a little bit corrupt it's a degree some of them are way worse than others but right. at the top of the tip of the top of the federal pyramid they're all fucking like pedophiles at this point yeah. and people need to accept that <laughs> yeah it's one of those things you know it's it's and that's been uh on that's been the big elephant in the room in Washington DC for decades decades you know there's so many not elephants. even just DC but really anywhere you know great britain has its own issues as well and and really around the world it's an there's international there's so many problem. elephants in the room right Right now it's like we're just used to elephants that's we're why people don't notice it we're all being squished against all the other elephants like right yeah know, i mean you've got Jesus. fukushima as an elephant and then you've got yeah. uh north korea and then you've got the u.s military and all their nonsense then you got the cia it's just <laughs> where yeah. is the, when when do people start we almost realizing elephant gun. that this is not you know you apathetically accepting this crazy shit is only making it worse right. you know you're, you're creating what we're really doing is we're writing an iou for the for the personal responsibility that we're going to have to take 
when the shit hits the fan. God. Yeah, you, you want to take care of this now because it's already 5 past midnight or, or it's 1 a.m. now. And you don't want to wait till it's 6 a.m. and then, you know, God comes back out and he's angry. I mean, <laughs> and, and you have yeah, – the, the problem is – the problem that I see with the, all of the, dis, the dissent is that it's not unified. You have branches but no tree. Yeah. You have no trunk, no centralized, like, where do and we all come together? The unification to really do this? is in truth. It's the dark side feeds off of everybody's individual shortcomings. So when you have a group of people and they all have this individual weakness, the dark side, the forces, you know, the invisible occult forces that are higher, higher level, they will try to amplify the group's weaknesses and try to split people just based on petty little things. Because, uh, but the closer we get to truth and as an individual and the more individuals, unity is sort of the default at that point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the thing that I've been conflicted with recently with communicating with people is that there's this uh, really big, uh, I don't know, it's not really, I guess it's not really big, but there's this issue of the flat earth and that this has become this, this thing that people want to talk about where... Uh, for instance, there's a group on Facebook that is about exposing the Rothschilds, and it's been hijacked completely by people who believe in the flat earth. That's the only thing that's being posted on there. The admins are all flat earth people. And so there's no talk about the Rothschilds whatsoever anymore, and I'm the only person on there being like, why don't we talk about the Rothschilds? What, what, why is the f flat earth being posted here? Yeah. And so this is, I think, honestly, I think that that is a psyop by the CIA to divide on petty issues the, the situation. Because they it's do that, like, man. They do. Because seriously, for one thing, why, you know, why is it warmer uh, in Ecuador than in Maine? Yeah. Well, the, well, the equator. I, I, I'm still with the round earth myself. I mm -hmm. haven't seen enough to convince me that the earth is not round. So I'm just I'm still on that one. If someone wants to bring it to my attention and we have extra time, sometimes yeah. you you got to And that's the thing. I, you know, I don't I the, my my thing is Aristotle's quote about, you know, it, it is the mark of an educated mind to be uh uh be able to hear or entertain a thought without believing it yeah you know and to me it's like it doesn't matter whether the earth is round or flat we need to solve education we seriously we need the to Rothschilds solve these are... real problems first <laughs> let's let's worry about how we're going to solve like the economy and education and our politics first then worry about whether the earth is round or flat or a cube or whatever a similar thing with another elephant was i tried to join this chemtrail group on facebook one time and it was a fake chemtrail group called chemtrails are killing us in all caps with just a, it was just mocking people who were looking into chemtrails to try to make them feel stupid mm. and there was only six thousand people but they were using all the different disinformation techniques where you just ridicule people and you avoid answering certain questions and you feed the same propaganda to everybody and after i left that group i i sort of took them down a bunch of rabbit holes and just uh trolled them to wear their brains out but after i left that group i joined the real chemtrail group and uh it came they came off as paid disinfor disinformation agents <laughs> the, 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 the first group yeah, yeah the first group but they really did because yeah. they were textbook disinformation techniques so right, right. And I mean, there's literally, uh, for, I, I remember looking at like somebody that was uh, on, and it's, it's funny because some of these people who believe in flat earth, you go to their Facebook, they have no personal pictures, and the only thing that they like is the flat earth meme hub. 
Well, that sounds a little suspicious. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Doesn't those fake it? Facebook profiles. Uh, I just don't even friend those people. They sometimes try to friend me, and I'm like, well. And it's the same. And I've been called a shill, a government shill. Or they've been, you know, they said, oh. I, I really think this Matrix guy's a threat because he's, you know, he's this and that. He's intelligent, but he's not believe. He's he's still proposing the lie. Yeah. He still believes the lie or it's whatever. It's probably a like, good sign when at least somebody is saying you're a government shill because I've heard. I've heard that Mark Passio. Sometimes people would say, "Oh, he's he's been co-opted too." I was like, "No, right. man. Did right. you even listen to his, his podcast? Of course you didn't. Right, right. <laughs> you just disagree with him on one thing, like flat Earth or whatever it is. Right, and therefore right. he's automatically a government shill. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just one of those things. Any time that you have somebody who that's their first go-to to because you're disagreeing with them, that that's why, that's why uh, those people are either fanatical in, in a very real way, or they are themselves, you know, whoever smelt it, dealt it, kind of thing. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Simple-mindedness, too, and yeah. uh, afraid to get out of the box, which there's nothing to be afraid of. That's a, one of the big lessons of the universe. The dark side is there, and once you look into it and even look into it a lot, you, you become less and less afraid of it, and you don't, don't feel obligated that you have to look into it or anything. But know that it's really not scary once you re really take a, look, a hard look at it, as long as it takes. You, you eventually grow out of being afraid and controlled by it anymore. Yeah. Like the boogeyman under the bed is just an illusion in the long run. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but, you know, if we if we give in to the fear of, you know, well, what if I get black bagged or what if they come for me kind of thing, then they've already won. That's our that's, that is that's the nail in the coffin. Think, yeah. That is the nail in the coffin. So it helps their agenda as much fear as they can get out. Well, I guess we'll end on a positive note. So uh, like we all like we said, everybody is one and uh, love is the ultimate solution to this. And part of that means educating yourself properly and the children too. get them off on a good start. But sometimes you got to learn the hard way. And that's sort of what my my life was and our the old generation. But that doesn't mean everyone in the future has to learn the hard way. So <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Uh, we'll, t we'll call it a day. Thanks a lot, Matrick. Love and appreciation.